we'd like to welcome you tonight to Tuesday Night Live. We are so excited that you are with us tonight. Most importantly, we are excited that the Holy Spirit is here with us. And we're going to share some tonight with you. We've been dealing and determined to deal, God put it on my heart, my husband's heart, uh, to deal the whole month of July with the topic of the supernatural. But you know, that encompasses so many different things. And as we begin tonight, um, I just want to thank you in advance for helping us by sharing the word. So many of you share our broadcast on your pages and you invite, they invite their family and friends and people to connect. Um, many of you I know have needs, physical needs. You know, we, we uh, are standing with you, believing for a miracle. Some of you, you know, in our family, we had a, a loss just a few days ago. Um, uh, with Garland's uncle who, who went on to glory, but he was uh, taken before we were ready for him to go due to COVID-19. And we know that there's others of you that you're dealing with so many different challenges, maybe financially related or relationship related, but we want you to know that God is right there with you and we are praying for you. And before we end this broadcast tonight, we will definitely be lifting up you and your needs together corporately in prayer because there's power in corporate prayer. God hears every prayer. In fact, the word says he knows what we need before we even ask him, but he desires that we would ask him and communicate with him and talk to him. But, but he knows what we need, but there is a different power that we have when we come together and we unite in corporate prayer. And so we're going to do that together before this broadcast come to a close this evening. And so we're excited about it. Um, as we begin tonight. Uh, I've got some scriptures I want to share. Do you want me to just go ahead into that or you want to say something? Well, let's or? just talk a little bit before, okay. before you go into it. You know, okay. in, our, in our world, whether we have COVID or whether we don't have COVID or situations that are taking place in our world, there are a lot of people that are dealing with pain. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are hurting and uh, various circumstances and situations may be family pain, maybe relationship pain, it may be financial issues that is causing struggles which brings pain, uh, or, or it may be a physical uh, situation. Uh, you know, but the, the God that we serve will help walk you through yes. whatever you're dealing with. Yes, amen. Whatever situation that you're facing, whatever yes, you circumstances that is around you, uh, I remember years ago, they had a gentleman come to your dad's church, and um, he was saying, uh, basically, if, if you're going through a struggle, don't, don't stop in the middle of that thing. Mm -hmm. uh, keep on going. God's with you. He's walking with you. Don't, don't give up in the midst of a struggle. Keep pushing. You know, years ago when I, was, uh, I worked offshore, uh, uh, they had a little poster, and it was a, uh, a crane that had a mm -hmm. frog in its in its beak. Yeah, I remember. And and it was a beautiful picture. I took a I took a picture. I got a copy of it, and um, and the frog had his arms outside of the crane's jaws mm -hmm. and around the the neck of the crane. Mm -hmm. And the bottom the the caption under was never give up. Right. And I think we that's the attitude that we have to have. We we never give up. I'm not going to give up on anything, no matter what we're going through, don't give up. Because on the other side of that victory becomes a great testimony that you're able to minister to other people and help them along the way in their situation or circumstance that they might be in. 
You know, um, Ron Canoli's a gospel recording artist, and he's written many beautiful songs. And um, he has that smooth voice, kind of like Lou Rawls. You know, we love li listen to their voices, just such a, a smooth singer. And um, I remember that several years ago, he wrote a song kind of along those lines, based off of, there's a quote that's been attributed to Winston Churchill. Some people say he wasn't the originator of it, but, but he says, if you catch hell, don't hold it. If you're going through hell, don't stop and never, never, never give up. So I don't know who the originator was. I've done, a, I did a, quite a bit of research on it because I, I try to research things before I use them, but nobody seems to know where it came from. But I know most people uh, attribute Winston Churchill to it. And I, I remember years ago, way before Hurricane Katrina, that we sang it a few times with our, our, our uh, worship team. Uh, if you catch hell, don't hold it. If you're going through hell, don't stop. You know, and that's that's the attitude we got to have. You know, troubles and, and trials are going to come our way. But it's through those trials and challenges that come our way that God strengthens us. We come to situations where we realize we can't fix it. We can't do it in our own strength. Because we often try to do things within our own strength. But God is a jealous God. God is a God who wants us to lean on Him and to rely on Him and to give Him the opportunity to show us how much He loves us and how powerful He is and how that He will come into the midst of every adverse situation and He'll turn it around for us. But sometimes He doesn't do it immediately. And usually it's because He's working on us and He's teaching us some things as we walk through through the struggle, through the, through the trial, you know, I, I'm, I'm a singer, I was raised singing, and that's my passion, you know, and, and so I think, again, of uh, the song Andre Crouch wrote, through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus, and I've learned to trust his, to depend upon God's word, you know, and so, so there, there are reasons that the struggles come our way, but through those situations, we can learn. You know. you know, we either we either get stronger, or we defeated. Right. In the midst of it, and so, no matter what you're going through today, it might be horrendous, it might be a bad situation, but you know what? God has everything in control, and as you begin to walk with Him, on the level of knowing that He's with you, and He's not going to give up on you, don't give up on Him because He's doing something in the midst of your storm. Amen. I believe what's happening in our world today that that God God is 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 in the middle of all of this stuff. Now, mm -hmm. I don't believe he's brought this, but I believe he's doing something. You know, word tells us that that what the devil intended for bad, God will turn it around for for the good of those that love and trust in him. Amen. And I believe that he's in the middle of it try, turning this thing around for each and every one of us. He's in the middle of your situation. He may not have brought that situation, but he's in the middle of it and he's going to turn it around for you. So be encouraged tonight. God loves you and he cares about you and he's going to bring you through whatever you might be going through. You know, um, last week, I don't know if it was Tuesday or Wednesday night, but you made reference to one of the verses I'm going to read tonight. And I'm going to go ahead and just read a few verses and then um, Garland's going to share some verses and we're going to close in prayer. And we believe in God that you are going to be encouraged 
by the time this broadcast is over. We speak and release the peace of God to you and to your situation and to whatever challenge it is you're dealing with. And I'm reading, if you're wanting to look it up in your Bible, it will be on the screen there for you. Um, and you can look it up later if you prefer. But I'm going to be reading out of Isaiah chapter 66. I'm going to read the first couple of verses and then we're going to jump down to verse 9. And in the first couple of verses, it says, This is what the Lord says. Heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. Now we can stop right there. And this is what you were focusing on last week. What a big God we've got. Yeah. How big he is. If the earth is his footstool. You know, sometimes we, we um, David said in one of the Psalms, he said, magnify the Lord with me. Because what the tendency is, is we magnify our problems. You know, there's some people you can be around them and, and, and they're talking about, and the devil did this to me and the enemy did that to me and this, you know, and, and they're really magnifying all the negative things and when we magnify the negative things and the challenges and the warfare, we actually are diminishing our view of God and his ability to work on our behalf and turn the situation around. But he's a big, big God and he's a loving father. Heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. Goes on to say, so do you think you can build a house for me? Do I need a place to rest? My hand made all things. All things are here because I made them, says the Lord. These are the people I'm pleased with, those who are not proud or stubborn, and those who fear my word. So that word fear there is talking about that we reverence God's word. God said, I'm pleased with those who fear my word. Those who are not proud, those who are uh, not stubborn. And, and in another version it says, but to this man I'm going to look. Instead of him saying, I'm, this is who I'm pleased with. Every trans, uh, translation I'm reading out of different, I've got three sitting here. And we've got another one here on the, uh, on the monitor that I'm reading from as well. It says, but to this man will I look. I want God to look on me. I want God to keep his eyes and focus on me and on every challenge I'm going through. So what do I need to do? I need to have a contrite spirit. And I need to tremble at the word of God. I need to reverence the word of God. It's not just another book that we put on a shelf for it to accumulate dust. It's the living, true word of God. It is the sword that we use as a weapon to fight against the forces of darkness. So many trials we've gone through in our life, the only thing that helped us to stay focused, to stay strong and to keep uh, uh, going forward were scriptures that we had committed to heart, right. scriptures that we had memorized because his word is alive, you know? And so, so this is who God looks on. There's other translations, three of them I've got, others that I've got pulled up here, says this is the people that God is pleased with. Those that fear his word, tremble at his word, honor his word. So we want to be those who are, in one, one version here it says, there's something that I'm looking for. I'm looking for a person 
who's just simple and plain, but they're reverently responsive to what I say. Wow, that's a mouthful right there. Because the tendency of believers is when God says something to us, uh, sometimes we want to argue with him because it may not be what we want to hear at the time. We may not want to uh, have to yield to that. But God says, this is what I'm looking for. God's looking for this. I'm looking for a person who's just simple and plain. The other version said that has a contrite heart, person that's not stubborn, a person that's humble because they're not proud, and someone who will reverently be responsive to what I say. I don't know if you want to interject something before I go on to the next verse. I'm going to read out of verse 9. Okay. In verse 9, we're going to jump down here and it says, In the same way, I will not cause pain without allowing something new to be born, says the Lord. Wow. Goes on to say, I will not stop you from giving birth to your new nation, says your God. Read it to you out of another version here. It says, do I bring to the moment of birth and not give delivery, says the Lord? Do I close up the womb when I bring to delivery, says your God? I love this verse here, and I'm reading it to you right now out of the New Century Version is what I'm using if you're looking, for, looking it up. In the same way, I will not cause pain without allowing something new to be born, says the Lord. If I cause you the pain, I will not stop you from giving birth to your new nation. It brings me to something I always heard my dad say. He would say, you know, sometimes, you know, even in a church setting, maybe, maybe there are ministers watching right now or, or, or leaders, or maybe it's a business person and you were following a certain strategy. But my dad would always say, sometimes if you've been just, you know, trying to do something, trying, 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 and it's not working, you just need to give it a good death and a burial and let it sit right there for a while. He said, because it has to be a death and burial before something new can be resurrected. Sometimes we, we, we grieve our losses because we don't see God's hand in it because we have our own plans, our own strategies. We try to follow the strategies and plans of God. We try to die to ourselves and let him speak to us and show us how it's supposed to be, but we're just human. And let's face it, sometimes we miss it. Sometimes our interpretation of, of what we want to see happening in our life is based off of our own motives, our own dreams, our own desires. Sometimes it's not what God wants to have take place within our life. God says he's going to bring a cease to the birth and the, the pain that we're experiencing in this birthing phase. How awesome is that? What a great promise is that? I'm going to read this. I will not cause pain without allowing something new to be born. I don't know of a person alive that we've ever made contact with or I've ever heard about who has not experienced pain. Some people have experienced different types of pain, different levels of pain, but we've all experienced pain. And, you know, 
pain, I guess they say it's, it's relative because each of us, you know, even in a human body, you know, when you've been in the hospital before, they'll come in there and the nurse will have on that wall, that thing, and, and you'll always crack jokes with them about it because they'll say, well, what's your pain level today? Scale of one to 10. And you'll always say, well, that's relative because everybody has a different level of being able <laughs> to tolerate pain. So how do I answer that? None of us really know how to answer that. And they'll just stay with it. They don't let it, you know, our comments, our jokes, or whatever, you know, stop them because they got to put it on their chart and put it on that little chalkboard or that erase board about your level of pain. We all have the ability to tolerate pain in our human body differently. And there are those people I've known that seem to tolerate pain in their emotions better than some do. You know, I, I don't know if all that has to do with just our genet genetic makeup and the way God created us, or if it has to do with, because people, some people so sadly, they've been through so much pain from the time they were born that they've kind of gotten numb. They kind of got numb to some of the pain. And so things that might totally wreck one person, somebody else can encounter it, but, but, but they seem to handle it a little bit better. But here's what I do know. I know that God, who promised never to leave us or forsake us, he's going to be with us and help us through whatever level of pain we're encountering, whether it's in our physical being, our physical body. If your body is racked with pain right now as you're watching this broadcast, we're believing for God to manifest the healing virtue of Jesus Christ in your body and for that pain to subside and dissipate oh. in the name of Jesus. If you're dealing with emotional pain, we're praying for the inner healing. You know, an Old Testament refers to it as the, the, the bond of Gilead, the, the oil and the wine to come in and to minister to you and to bring you emotional healing to whatever you have suffered and endured in your life. God said in this verse, he's not going to allow us to go through the pain without having something new to be birthed. I want to encourage you with that. We're just in the first 18 minutes of this broadcast approximately right now. And we've still got several more minutes, so we're going to be sharing with you tonight and ministering to you. But before we go any further, I just want to leave that with you. I want you to, to absorb that. If you're going through pain right now, write down that reference. Isaiah 66, verse 9, and the translation I was reading from was a New Century Version, NCV. And I just think that it's so encouraging to know this. You know, death is not final. There has to be a death before there can be a resurrection. So when, when we go through situations where our dreams, our plans, you know, frequently you preach on the Shunammite woman and you'll talk about how that her dream died and how that the prophet came in and he breathed life back into that situation and how then there was a resurrection from the dead. God wants to bring resurrection in our lives He's a God of creation. He multiplies. Let him multiply in your life and in your situation. Let him breathe, hover. The Holy Spirit hovers and broods. And as a result of that, creation takes place. Even from the book of Genesis, we read when he hovered, when he would brood. And then it's the Holy Spirit that breathes life into us. Let the supernatural 
power of God breathe life into you and into your dreams that seem dead and let a resurrection take place. It might need to just stay dormant for just a little bit while you spend time with the Lord. But remember, we started off tonight by reading the first verses in that chapter of what a big God we have. The earth is his footstool. He's a big God and nothing you and I encounter is too difficult That's for right. him. That's right. You know, um, I love that story about the Shunammite woman. And um, this woman had to be in, in pain emotionally because when the prophet comes to town, he says, do you want to go before the king, the nobles, the leaders of the city? And she says, no, I dwell amongst my own people. And I think in, in her conversation there, she was saying, you know what? I have resolved myself to be satisfied where I am, what I'm, what I'm doing, and what I have produced. And then Gehazi comes to the prophet and says, I, you know what? I don't see any toys around there. I don't see any little children. I don't hear any pitter-patters. There's no pictures on the wall. And, and uh, Elijah says, get her, bring her to the door. And when she came to the door, it took one word, mm. one word to turn her world around. Mm -hmm. And he prophesied to her, said, according to the season and time of life, you'll bear a son. And she says to him, don't mess with me. Don't play with my mind. Don't, don't, don't give me some faults to, to lean on because this has been a pain in my life not to be able to produce what I have longed to produce. And there may be some people that are watching today that you've had some dreams. Thank you, Jesus. That uh, you have wanted to do in your life and it hasn't come about as of yet. And as a result of it not coming about over a long period of time, you have given up on it. Mm. Or you've pushed it aside or you've covered it up to protect yourself from having any more pain. And it only takes a word from God. And this is why it's important that we stand in his word, that we study his word, especially in the times of pain, in the times of struggle. And, and here she was, she made a place for the prophet of God, the man of God, and she built a chamber on her home, her and her husband did. And uh, anytime he would come to that part of the city, he would lodge there and dwell there. And they developed a relationship that he was, he was very thankful for the opportunity to stay there in his travels. But yet, she was still dealing with pain. Mm -hmm. And it was just one insight, it was just one word that changed her world. And according to time of life, she bore a son. According to the Old Testament, she, she gave birth to a child. And this is an interesting story because it's like a roller coaster. Mm. She, she's down, she gets up high of, of having a child, and then all of a sudden the child is going out with his father into the field. Mm -hmm. I think he was going out to learn the family business. And, and he begins to hold his head as though he's having a heat stroke. And the father, in the midst of harvest time, tells one of the servants to bring him back to his mother and goes back and here the child dies in her arms. Yeah. Can you imagine mm. the roller coaster ride? She, she can't produce a child. Then she receives a word. The child is born, and now the child dies probably at the age of 12 or so, and now she's back at her low again and probably 
a lower low than she ever had. And what does she do? She goes back to where she received the word. Right. She goes back to the prophet. She goes, uh, uh, saddles up the donkeys and takes off. And, and the prophet says to Gehazi in, in, in the place where he was, isn't that the Shunammite coming? He says, go and ask her if everything is well with her, her husband, and her son. And he asked her the three questions. She said, everything's well. Now, she, I don't believe that she was, she was lying. Mm. I believe that she was moving by faith, saying everything's okay. Mm. If I can get back to the word, if I can get back to where I received this word from. Mm. And the prophet tells Gehazi, go put my staff on the child and I'll be coming. And he does it. Nothing happens. And then the word shows up. Then Elijah shows up. Yes. He stretches himself out on this child that had, that had died, a promise that was fulfilled, but yet now is dead. Stretched himself out on the child. Put his, the word says he put his hands on his hands, his eyes upon his eyes, and his mouth upon his mouth. And, and the word says, and the child waxed warm. In other words, the, 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 the heat from the body of the prophet transferred to the child and he warmed up, but he wasn't alive. And the prophet laid himself out on the child again. And the word says, and he sneezed. You know, it, it's interesting, I think, in that sneeze, when, anytime that we sneeze, we're expelling something that is infecting us or has the potential of infecting us. And he's getting rid of it. And, and I think that what happened in this moment was the, the word came... It now fulfills it and brings life back to the child. And then the child now expels what's trying to kill it. Mm -hmm. Comes alive again. And so it may be that in your life you have encountered these ups and downs. And it seems like that your dream started and it stopped. <clears throat> maybe the economy, maybe all of what's happening today is like, where, where's my hope? What's happening? What's going on? How am I going to survive? Guess what? If you can get back to the Word, you get back to the Word of God and let God breathe on it again, things will begin to change. Amen. And you won't be down in that valley or in that desert place. He'll lift you out of that situation that you may be in. You know, um, I love that. I love that passage. And, and I love the fact of sneezing and expelling the disease, expelling the infection, expelling everything that doesn't need to be there. Because sometimes we need to almost like spiritually sneeze and get rid of all that stuff that's bringing infection in our life. I'm going to read a couple of more verses from this passage. Again, I'm still reading from that same translation, the New Century Version. And it's verse, uh, I'm going to read verse 9 again and go on just for a little bit more because I think, I really feel there are those watching tonight, I feel this in my spirit, that need encouragement tonight. And you see, we're talking about the supernatural. You say, y'all advertise, you're talking about the supernatural. This is supernatural yeah. for you in the midst of all hell and chaos to have peace and have encouragement. That's one of the supernatural works of the right. Lord right. is to give us peace when it doesn't make any sense to have peace. And so I'm going to go ahead and read here verse 9 again, and we'll go down. In the same way, I will not cause pain without allowing something new to be born, says the Lord. If I cause you the pain, I will not stop you from giving birth to your new nation, says your God. 
Jerusalem, rejoice. All you people who love Jerusalem, be happy. Those of you who felt sad for Jerusalem should now feel happy with her. Listen to this. You will take comfort from her and be satisfied as a child is nursed by its mother. You will receive her good things and enjoy her wealth. You know, we firmly believe that God is bringing to his people, there's going to be a great transference of wealth. In verse 12, it goes on and says, this is what the Lord says. I will give her peace that will flow to her like a river. The wealth of the nations will come to her like a river overflowing its banks. Like babies, you will be nursed and held in my arms and bounced on my knees. I love that. We always do that. You do that specifically. Bound, and usually bounce those babies right to sleep. Sometimes I can remember Bo and, I don't remember Maddox doing this, but Bo and Marshall at different times telling you to stop bouncing <laughs> because they knew it was going to put them to sleep. But uh, held, I will give her peace that will flow to her like a river. The wealth of the nations will come to her like a river overflowing its banks. Like babies, you will be nursed. That means everything we need. When a baby is nursed, it's receiving the best nutrition it can get. You know, the, the doctors encourage, as a, as a young mother finds out that she's going to have a baby, they encourage them at least, you know, to, to be able to nurse them the first few hours, you know, so that they, their body will get the nutrients, you know, after that baby's born, you know, after the colostrum comes in and, and things of that nature, because there's a nutrition that comes from that that can't be derived from any other place. So God's saying, you're going to be satisfied and all of your needs are going to be met and you're going to be comforted, you know? And and so when we're satisfied, we don't have need for other things. Greed may come in, cause us to try to want other things, but we really don't need anything else. And we're satisfied. That's what it's talking about. You know, nutritionally, spiritually, you're going to be satisfied. And so it says, when you see these things, you'll be happy. Wait, I think I forgot verse 13. I will comfort you as a mother comforts her child. You will be comforted in Jerusalem. You know, when a baby is small, you know, and something goes wrong, um, for the most part, they'll run to mom. Sometimes they'll run to dad, and sometimes it depends on what bothers them. And even as they grow in life, There's times, you know, hopefully they're going to be able to have such a beautiful relationship with their spouse that when a problem comes, that their spouse will love them and will have a listening ear for them and that they can find the comfort they need through their spouse. But sometimes you still need that extra uh, encouragement from your parents and you want to call your parents. You know, it's broken our hearts that that Garland has lost both of his parents and Marilyn, you know, a, a, a year and a half ago. Um, October will be two years. It's so hard to believe. But, but there, are, there are still times that Garland will look at me and he'll say, I just wish I could call my mom or my dad. I just need to talk to them right now. You know, there's some comfort you only get, you know, from your parents. And God's saying in verse 13, I will comfort you as a mother comforts her child. You will be comforted in Jerusalem. Verse 14, when you see these things, you will be happy. And you will grow like the grass. The Lord's servants will see God's power, but his enemies will see his anger. I just, I just feel like these verses are so encouraging. And I feel like that 
that there's many that are viewing tonight. You know, in these, some of these verses, it goes on to talk about God is a God of judgment as well. But he's saying for those of us that love him, that call upon him, that turn to him, that run to him, that have a, a, a you know, a broken spirit, a contrite heart, that we don't, that we're not overcome with being proud and stubborn and that we're coming to him that he's going to bless us abundantly in all these areas. And there are those of you watching right now that you have a broken spirit and a contrite heart and you haven't been stubborn and rebellious, that you've been open to God and you just keep wondering why do these bad things keep coming my way? I want to encourage you tonight and tell you God is using every one of these challenges to birth something new. As I read in verse 9, Isaiah 66, 9, he's using these things to develop you, to nurture you, and to birth something new and fresh in you. Greater days are yet ahead. Look to his word. We read and talked about his word in the first couple of verses of this chapter. Pastor talked about his word even coming through the form of a prophet, coming through the prophet and through his, his servant Gehazi as he was a messenger. You know, God, God wants to breathe life. The Holy Spirit wants to breathe supernatural life, joy unspeakable and full of glory into your situation, into your circumstance. And we just want you to be encouraged in that tonight. In fact, right now, I just feel led to pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, I take authority over the discouragement and the hopelessness and every lying, tormenting spirit that has come against your people. There are those, Lord, you've shown me that are watching right now that feel like, why, God? And they've cried out to you, why, God? Why do, do negative things after negative thing after problem keep coming my way? Father, just remind them to hang on. As Pastor said at the onset, Lord, remind them to never give up, but to hang yeah. on, to keep persevering, to keep fighting, to go back to the, the prophets, the words they've received from the prophets and fight with those words. Because there's many of you, you've received prophetic words. Now's the time to pick up those words and fight with those words. Father, we just agree with them for that right now. We break the lying, tormenting spirits, Father. And we break fear that the enemy's using uh, to, to, to try to uh, um, like strangle them, suffocate them. And Father, we take authority over that in the precious name of Jesus. We break its power. And Lord, we loose hope. We loose an excitement into their spirit, Father. We loose the joy of the Lord, which is their strength, that would come, Lord, that they would, they would have joy in yeah. you supernaturally, Lord. And Father, that you would remind them of the promises you've given them. And Lord, because your promises are yea and amen, we stand fast on them. And we have a great expectancy, Lord, that things are about to turn around the greater days are yet ahead and they are just on the horizon. Yeah. In Jesus' name, we praise you, Father, for what you're doing in our midst, in each and every one yes. of our lives and situations. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. You know, throughout the scripture, you find that people were in danger, people were in bad situations, and Jesus came along and just his presence began to change the atmosphere. You know, when the, the disciples were in a boat and uh, Jesus was sleeping in the boat, the waves came, the wind came, and it seemed as though the boat was going to sink and drown them all. And 
disciples were in a panic. They were fearful. And uh, they came to him and said, don't you care that we, we perish? And Jesus got out of his bed and went and spoke to the wind and the waves. And peace came upon that water and yes. the storm stilled. It stayed. It didn't, it wasn't yes. storming anymore. Yes. And, and all we need in our life is Jesus to move on our situation. Amen. And I just pray that, that he will move on your situation tonight. Yes, yes, Lord. And then he'll speak to your storm. Lord, he'll speak to the waves and the impossibilities and Thank the, you, Jesus. the areas where that you feel as though you're going to give up. Don't give up. Let God come in. Let Christ come in and speak to that storm and, and preserve you through the storm mm -hmm. to get you to where yes. you need to go. You see, these disciples were the upcoming apostles, and the enemy was trying to destroy them before they could get to their destiny, before they could get to their destination. And he knew that if they went across that water, that they were going to have an encounter and see Christ move in a way mm -hmm. that they haven't seen him move before, mm -hmm. which was a schooling for them. And if he could stop them, he could stop the move of what God was trying to bring into the earth. I believe that even in the times that we're living in today, that the enemy is trying to stop mm. what God is trying to bring forth, forth to prevent us from going into what our destiny really is. You know, in, in this world that we're living in, there are turbulent times. There's situations that we see that are are not comfortable, and it bring, it's bringing pain, whether it's through the, the shutting down of businesses and, and the, from the sickness, the virus, the disease, or, or whatever it might be that's taking place. People, people are entrenched in fear and in pain. Yeah. And anytime you see in Scripture that God's people being entrenched in pain and fear, God's just waiting for them to cry out. Mm -hmm. And when the disciples came and they said to him, don't you care that we perish? In their mind, they were going to die that day as a result of the storm and as a result of that boat that they were in, not able to, to keep them safe. Mm. And he was saying to them, don't you care that we perish? Mm -hmm. And Jesus came out. He came forth from where he was sleeping, where he was resting and spoke to what was trying to destroy these disciples. Now, if you're a follower of Christ and you're in a turbulent time, all you have to do is cry out to him. And if you'll cry out to him, the, the woman, the Shunammite woman, she knew where her blessing came from and she went and found the man that gave her the word about a son, said, if he can give me a word that's going to bring a son, he can bring a word that's going to save my son. Amen. And her faith level was not in anything else but where she received that word. The faith level for these disciples were it was in nothing but Christ. Their only hope they had was Christ. And many of us today, the only hope that we have is Christ. Doctors' reports financial reports, all of these 
things that we're facing, Jesus is the one that could bring us through. Mm -hmm. Now, right where you're sitting, why don't you just cry out to him and say, Lord, I need you. Mm -hmm. I need you to calm my storm. I need you to, to deal with these waves that are trying to overtake this boat. Or I need you to deal with this dream that, that was alive but now seems to have died in my hands. And watch and see what he'll do. Press into him. Allow him to do a work inside of your life. But have faith that he hears your prayers. That he's going to walk with you and talk with you and bring you through the circumstances that you might be going through. You know, Bev, I think this is a, a topic that, um, that many of us, we deal with on a, on a regular basis. But for many of us today, we're, we're facing <laughs> unprecedented times and uncertainty of situations that are around us. Yeah. We've got a spike in the virus. We've got issues that are taking place, a panic again <clears throat> coming into the world because <clears throat> we thought it was all over with and it was all going to pass. But you know what? We need to keep praying. We need, don't need to give up. There are people that are depending on you praying through. There's people that are depending on you and me as believers for a breakthrough. We need a breakthrough in this world. So let's keep praying. Let's keep our faith up. You know, um, the other day I was walking in our backyard and I went through a gate and, and a wasp, unto my knowledge, uh, was making a nest. And as soon as I walked in there, that little rascal come and stung me right on my neck. And, and as a result of that sting, my neck began to swell and I could feel underneath the skin this, this bulging come out. It was almost at one point it looked like I had a gorder underneath my, mm. my chin. Mm -hmm. You know, there are things that happen in our life and it's almost like sin has a sting. And it causes things to grow in us that should not be there. And until we get the right medication, mm. it's not going to deal with the problem. Right. But it's going to keep festering. It's going to keep growing. And it's going to keep mm -hmm. causing mm -hmm. fear and worry and issues to take place in our walk. Mm -hmm. But as soon as you get the right medicine or, or the right antidote, it's going to deal with the poison that has come into your body. I remember the, the first year we got married, I, I got bit by a... A brown recluse spider. I remember. It was and terrible. And I went to um, Tulane Medical, and mm -hmm. they gave me injections. And, mm -hmm. and I watched as those whelps from that poison. And, and the doctor told me, he says, you're going to wake up one morning, and uh, you're going to have a whelp here. And next day, it's going to be on your leg. And he says, it has to run its course through your, through your body. But the, the medicine we have given you is going to remove it out of your system. Right. I'm going to tell you what will remove doubt, unbelief, pain, discouragement, depression out of your system. The, the antidote is the Word of God. Yes. The Word of God, when it gets in us, mm -hmm. it begins to chase out those things that, that our body can't handle, mm -hmm. that our spirit, our soul can't <laughs> handle. And I'm using this as a, a metaphor, I guess, in one way, just as a, a teaching to let us know that when I get a hold of the Word of God, 
The Word of God brings healing. The Word of God brings strength. The Word of God uh, helps build my faith so that I can start speaking what God wants me to speak and not bringing attention to the, the, the issues that I'm dealing with. But the Word of God is more powerful than anything that I can face. So the Word of God being important in our life as believers, if you begin to read the Word, study the Word, speak the Word in your life, it's going to change the outcome of where you're headed. It's going to deal with what might have gotten in and caused your faith to, to bring doubt or, or to cause your faith to waver. You know, all of us face things that test our faith. But it's the Word of God that strengthens our faith that we can overcome. I find many times that, that in, in our lives, in people's lives, that, that when you get under a test, we have a tendency of going back to what we're comfortable with, mm -hmm. how we deal with things. Right. And, and sometimes for young believers, we come in and we receive Christ as our Lord and Savior, and we're not really grounded in the Word. And when pressures come, we have a tendency to fall back to the way we used to handle things, knowing inside that God can help us and God can handle it, but we take it on our own. Now, we have to deal with things in the natural, but when we have the Word of God in us, it helps us have strength and faith to deal with the circumstances without me going backwards and dealing with things the way I used to. The Word tells us very clearly that when we accept Christ as our Lord and Savior, that old things have passed away mm -hmm. and all things have become new. Mm -hmm. Now, it's a new path, it's a new direction, it's a new way of walking for us that maybe we not, might not be familiar with that type of walk. But the Word of God guides us in that walk that we now are able to conquer these things that we're dealing with on a different level instead of reverting back to the way we used to deal with them. We deal with things with the Word of God and with faith. And if my faith is in God, knowing that He is well able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can imagine or think, that's the Word of God, that I can rest in Him knowing that He's going to help walk me through whatever I'm going through. And when I come out on the other side, I will have a testimony of what God did in my life. Mm -hmm. God brought me through. Right. God dealt with this situation, and I watched how he turned <laughs> things around in my family, how he turned things around on my job, how he turned things around with my business. God right. wants to lead us, and he wants to guide us. Right. So old things have passed away, and all things have become new. Amen. What's new? Is, is the Word of God in my life. Mm -hmm. What's new is that every morning I get up and I, I read the Word to start my day. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, like Paul says, <laughs> I have to renew my mind on a daily basis. I have to wash my mind with the reading of the Word, with the studying of the Word. Why? Because there are things that are along the way, like this crazy little wasp that just popped out of nowhere and stung me. There are things that come in our life that if we're not watching, will leave a sting. Somebody might say something. Somebody might offend you. Somebody might uh, do something that is offensive to you. 
And if we're not watching, if we don't wash, if we don't cleanse ourselves of that, then it has a tendency of growing in us. The Word of God helps prevent those things from growing in us. So I challenge you today to get into the Word. Allow the Word of God to be first and foremost in your life. It'll heal your marriage. It'll heal the hurts that you have or the pain that you're going through. The Word of God is refreshing. Mm -hmm. it's, it's like in a desert place, as the prophets were, were talking, that, that they, they were in a desert place and they came to Myra, a, 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 a water, a body of water, but the water was bitter. They couldn't drink it. It was making people sick. And, 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 and the prophet, the Lord spoke to him and the prophet grabbed a, a branch and stuck it in the water and it healed the water and made it sweet. Jesus is the healing that makes bitter situations in our life become sweet. Mm -hmm. That we don't have to deal with the bitterness. He brings a sweetness to us that brings peace in our life and joy in our life. You know, as you were sharing that and you brought up that um, brown recluse spider. Uh, and I know you hit on this, but I'm going to be a little more detailed about it. Um, which is shocking to you, I'm sure. <laughs> because we girls like to give the details. But anyway. I give um, an overview and she comes in and gives all the, fills in all the blanks that I didn't cover. There you go. And so what happened was when, when we went to the doctor and, you know, we'd never, you'd never had anything like Can this. Can I get some men say amen on that <laughs> comment that I just made? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, I, I, <clears throat> when we went to the doctor with that situation, and they explained to us that um, how that venom was going to travel through your body. It was amazing. It was amazing to see that because I, I didn't really realize we'd never, neither one of us had been through a situation where somebody we knew had had the venom like that in their body. And, and it, it literally did. It, it was like the, you know, it started like on your arm and then it went through, you know, across your back, chest and then the leg. next day it'd be on your back but it'd be down a little lower and it just kept moving and it'd be back around uh, around your stomach and it just kept going down till it went down to your feet we saw it go literally through your body it was the craziest thing i mean we're you know we're not in the medical field so we had never studied anything like that we didn't we didn't understand that but wow, what we learned from that, even in par uh, paralleling things in our, our spiritual walk, you know, that, that when infection comes in, you know, you, you, a lot of times, you know, uh, we talk about that it, it's not enough just to see growth because sometimes growth could just be swelling from infection, you know. And so the reality is that sometimes when infection comes in, we really need it dealt with because if we don't, it travels on down. It can go down through our family lineage. You know, you were talking about the bitter water, you know, and there was something you said earlier. I can't remember how you worded it, but when you started the sentence, I thought I knew how you were going to finish it. And I thought you were going to say that you're either going to come out of something bitter or better. You know, that when you go through a trial, you're either going to be bitter or you're going to be better. You used another analogy that meant similar, you know, but, but if we're not careful, you know, things will infect us. And, and if we don't deal with it and allow that infection to get out of us, then it can run through its course through our body. 
whether that's a, 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 a church body, whether it's a workplace, whether it's your family, you know. And so God has given us antidote. He's given us antidote. You know, we just got to come to him and let him do the work. Sometimes the work hurts. Sometimes, you know, getting healing hurts, you know. Sometimes they have to, they have to you know, cut in you to be able to get the venom out. They have to do things to remove, you know, the, the venom that may be going on in our life. There's, as you said, there's offenses and there's all kinds of things that come our way. And the enemy uses these things to get us sidetracked. You know, my family and I, Bethany and I were talking earlier today, you know, and we talk about it all the time. It has been amazing the constant barrage of distractions that's come our way since the COVID thing began. I mean, we've always had distractions, but since this, you know, whole quarantine pandemic began back in March, it's just like one distraction after another, after another, after another, you know, I mean, even as we've entered the different phases of COVID, you know, as a pastor, we're trying to, you know, I've spent hours where I can't do what I need to be doing you know, because I'm having to study what are the requirements? What are the requirements for churches? What are the requirements for pastors? And can we have children's church? And how many children can be in a room? And how far apart the chairs need to be? And oh, now I got to order hand sanitizer and I've got to have all these things that we need. And it's distracted me from things that I wanted to do and spending time and building sermons and, and, and developing other aspects of ministry and leadership that the Holy Spirit's dealing with me because there's only so many hours in a day and I don't sleep very many of them. I'm always working at doing something and, and, and it's all ministry related to try to get us, you know, where we need to be and accomplishing things and touching the most lives that are possible. But there's just been so many distractions. And so we just have to keep reassessing our focus and asking the Holy Spirit, you know, anoint, anoint my eyes that I may see what you have for me. Anoint my spiritual eyes that I will see. And I will see everything that's before me with spiritual eyes. I'll have the discernment to know the things, the distractions that come that I do need to deal with and the ones that I don't need to deal with. They're just a ploy of the enemy to suck the life out of me and to take my time to hinder me from dealing with what's really the most important thing at hand. And so I just want to, you know, share that because I know that there are other people that are dealing with these things as well. Whether you're dealing with the issues where there's been infection come in, you feel like venom's come in and it's hindering you, that, that you don't let that distract you and don't let it throw you off course from doing everything that you know God's called you to do and to accomplish. If something seems to have died, let God breathe on it and let that resurrection happen and let it come to life again. You know, let God, let the Holy Spirit brood on it. I know as I look at some of the names of the people that have been tuning in with us this evening, we're so glad that you're here. But I just want to say a word of encouragement to Brother Arthur Jackson. Um, we are so sorry for the loss of your son. I guess it's been about two weeks ago now. And um, I want you to know that you've been in our prayers. Uh, we really appreciate you. God's done an amazing work in your life and the book that you've written, your testimony of what God's done for you. And we just want you to know that we are, we are praying for you. We're standing with you. And we are asking the Holy Spirit to hover over you and yours and to bring the comfort that only he can do supernaturally to fill that void. 
You know, as we close out the uh, program, I don't know if you have anything else. You I want don't. To... I feel like. Yeah. Uh, as we close out this program, you know, the the thing that is important for us as believers is studying the Word, allowing the Word to get in you, allowing the Holy Spirit to to hover over you, brood over you, however however you want to state this, but to get inside of you and help take that word and unfold it to you. You know, as we read the word, it, today I could read it and it mean one thing to me based on where I am in life. I come back six weeks from now and read that same verse mm. and I can get something different out of it. Right. Not that it changed, but it's depending on where I am in life, mm -hmm. the word of God has the ability to minister to me no matter where I am, what I'm going through. So studying the Word helps us <clears throat> deal with issues that are trying to uh, abort our destiny, helping to, to move us through the circumstances so we can get to where God wants us to be. Mm -hmm. and, and we have to do our part. I can't just think that God's going to do everything for me. Right. In fact, in his words, several places, and one of my favorite places is in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 5. And if you're around me very much, you'll hear me refer to this a lot. But it says to take captive every thought. Who's supposed to take captive those thoughts? You are. Mm -hmm. I am. Take captive every thought to the obedience of Christ. Right. Now, if I don't have a knowledge of Christ, then how can I bring it into the obedience of Christ? Mm -hmm. So studying the word... <clears throat> helps me understand what Jesus would do. It gives me wisdom on how to handle things. Taking captive every thought to the obedience of Christ, casting down imaginations mm -hmm. and anything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Yes. It's not, it's not Beverly's knowledge that I have to use to, to cast it down. It's the knowledge that I have that I measure what's happening to me and what's around me. I measure it by his word. And his word now reveals to me how I handle it and how I need to deal with it. That's my responsibility. Mm -hmm. That's what I have to do. I have to keep my mind in check, keep my imaginations pure, mm -hmm. and keep myself moving with the word of God so that the knowledge of God, anything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, cast it down. If we would practice just that or what it says between verses 3 and verse 5 in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, we would conquer a lot of issues that we deal with on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. So I want to challenge you today. Get the Word in you. Study the Word. Let the Holy Spirit work the Word in your life. Get a knowledge of it and start using it in your personal life to help bring you through the problems that you might be dealing with. Amen. The, the pain, the issues. I want to pray with you before we leave today. Mm. And I'm believing that God is going to come right where you are. Holy Spirit is going to move right in the room where you are right now. Yes. And bring healing yes, to your life and begin to help you deal with the pain that you may be going through. Amen. So right where you're sitting, why don't you just lift your hands towards God? 
and say, God, I just need you. I need you in my life right now, and I need you to help me with this pain. I'm going to pray for you. Father, I thank you yes, for everyone Lord. that's watching right now. I ask you, Holy Spirit, that you would move into that room, that you would <laughs> minister to those that are sick and those that are in pain, those that are financially uh, yes, uh, being uh, tried right now. We ask Father, those God. that are, are in family God. relationships, yes. it's in turmoil. I ask you, oh God, that you begin to bring yes, healing. But Father, we ask you that, that as your word says, that your Holy Spirit will remind us of the word, the word that we have studied. Yes. I ask you, Lord, that you would cause it to, 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 to stir up in their lives, the word that they have studied. Let it stir up in their life, whether it was a, as a child or coming up or, or, or as an adult. Holy Spirit, remind them of that word and strengthen them in their faith so they can go forward and not fall backwards. Amen. Lord, move upon them today. And Lord, we give you praise and we give you glory for it. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Yes, Lord. Amen. Praise Amen. Jesus. We love you. Thank you. Lord. And we praise God for you. And we know that God is up to something. We might not understand the, the end result of what we're about to encounter. But I do believe that God is in the middle of all the chaos that's taking place in our world, through the virus, through the whatever else is taking place in our world, he is in the middle and he's concerned. He's concerned about where we are. Yes. He's taking note of where you are, what you're going through, but he's also wanting you to cry out to him. Just as they did, the disciples did in this boat. Mm. Lord, don't you care? He cares about everything. Yes, he does. He cares about the number of hair that's on your head. He cares about the sparrow that falls. Don't you know that he cares about your soul, about the condition of your life? Cry out to him today and believe by faith that he's going to minister and meet the need that you have. Amen. Call upon him and let him do a work in your life. Thank you, Jesus. We love you. We're believing for you. We're praying for you. And I want you to remember this. God has, has a, a miracle, miracle for, you. for you. Trust in him and believe. God bless you, and we'll see you next time.